This is a download from wirelesstheatre.co.uk, recorded live at the Pleasant's Kingdom, Edinburgh. Trench Kiss by Arthur Smith. Soldier of the Great War, known unto God. Maybe that's him. Thomas Bowlby died aged 24, May 7th, 1917. Peace at last after life's troubled dream. Soldier of the Great War, known unto God. Maybe that's him. Morris Atkinson died aged 21, November 3rd, 1914. Never shall their memory be blotted out. Sally Hunt died of boredom, 14th of July, 1988. Never shall her tedium be surpassed. Soldier of the Great War, known unto God. Maybe that's him. Captain Geoffrey Keating died October 29th, 1918. God, so close to the end. Are you going to read all these gravestones out? Yes. Jim, there are 12,000 of them. Do you have any understanding of why I'm doing this? To commune with your granddad? There's another reason, a more important reason. What? To annoy you. <laughs> That's what you seem to imagine anyway. Well, for Christ's sake, it is boring. This place is like a three-dimensional telephone directory. Telephone directories already are three-dimensional. <laughs> Pedant. Private Lindsay Cameron, Scottish Highland Regiment, died December 31st, 1916. Bit of a shit hogmanay for him then. <laughs> Is it really boring for you? I don't know. It's warm. It's quite pretty round here. I quite like looking round graveyards sometimes, but this one, all these ones round here, they're so homogenised. Homogenised? What? Like milk? In a way, I prefer my cemeteries unpasteurised. My idea of a good cemetery is all the graves all higgledy-piggledy, overgrown or leaning. In a decent graveyard, you should be able to have a surreptitious fuck in the corner without anyone noticing. I should write to the Commonwealth War Graves Commission about that. This place is so regulated. It's just row after neat row of well-tended, identically sized, identically coloured gravestones. I mean, if McDonald's ever went into designing cemeteries, this is what they'd come up with. Well, normally, lots and lots of people don't all die in the same place at the same time. That's war. That's what I don't like. It's all about war. If you half close your eyes, you can see the men coming towards you, wave after wave, all looking the same, all standing erect at attention. No. No, I don't see it. It would have to be like the Royal Pygmy Regiment. Let's go back to the hotel. One more. Oh. It's only a little one, only about 150 tombstones. We can do it in 10 minutes. Let's go back to the hotel. Have a bath, have a beer, have a meal. Dancing, let's go dancing. There's nowhere to dance in Eeps. We're in Belgium, for God's sake. This must be the only place in the world with 160 cemeteries and no disco. Come on, you've been to Basildon. <laughs> a beer. Surely a beer. Don't you fancy a beer? One more. Fisties. All right. One, One two, two, three. three. Ha! Scissors beats paper. Come on, then. I've joined up. Good God, I've joined up. What a relief. I got two of these white feathers in one morning. Rather pleasant, soft little things. Two young ladies, two white feathers. After college, I adjourned to a public house with Jack. Oh, Jack is an extraordinary and entertaining fellow. Not only does he claim to be an anarchist, a communist, and a pacifist, he is also able to belch the names of all the countries of the world. Furthermore, he has taught me this trick. <clears throat> India. Rhodesia. <clears throat> I thank you. 
But you have to disregard his claptrap. Oh, he relishes his white feathers. He's created a display of them in his bedroom. Under each white feather is a card with a description of the lady who presented it to him. One of them just said, prim grim and a fat behind. He's been beaten twice lately. People tell me I should not associate with him now, but he does make me laugh. <laughs> prim, trim, and a fat behind. <coughs> Billion. Lots of July 1st, 1916. That was the first day of the Battle of the Somme. There were 20,000 British soldiers killed that day. 20,000? That's a lot. Yes. Less than Arsenal's home gate, mind. <laughs> but a lot bigger than Hibs. Most of them were killed in the first hour. They attacked at 7.30 and they were just mown down. 7.30, 8.30. That's when they get up. 20,000 in an hour. That is a lot. That's like... 10,000 in half an hour. 5,000 in 15 minutes. About 1,000 every three minutes? 300 a minute. Five a second. <laughs> Five. What a joyous holiday this is. <laughs> Other couples go on holiday to Italy or India. What do I get? Ten days in southern Belgium. We played fisties, you lost. I am an ignorant, headstrong boy who will get killed for no good reason. Well, that's what father says. He must be the only solicitor in London who agrees with Ramsay MacDonald. I think what chiefly irritated him was that I have to pay a three pounds entrance fee. And then I asked him to loan me the money. That's when he blew his top. If I'm going to get killed, he shouldn't have to pay for it. What, he says, what have you come back with no legs? And I said, I'll just have to take the motor bus more often. Oh, he didn't laugh. Oh, poor father. He still misses mother. I did a year in the OTC. I was certainly very good at bayoneting sacks of hay. Oh, yes. If the Germans decide to recruit sacks of hay instead of men, I shall be the scourge of all France. One of the most important elements in the art of manipulating a bayonet, we were told, is the killing face. You must, as you bear down on your victim, adopt an expression of frenzied violence. I practiced my killing face on my classmates. Well, they were unimpressed. Who wouldn't be? The sacks of hay remained impassive. Oh, it'll probably be all over by the time I get there. It can't last much longer. It's already been going on a year. A whole year. Oh, I shan't be killed. Other people get killed. Sidney Richardson, Herbert Rowland. They were in my class at the city. Other people get killed. People whose surnames start with R. They get killed. De Bière. Not blue cocktails. De Bière. Surely that was comprehensible. Face it, Jim. They can't understand your French. You speak French like the Queen, and anyway, they're Flemish. Then they should blow their noses. <laughs> That's a rubbish joke. Yeah. It's quite pretty, isn't it, Eep? Yeah. Feels quite old. Yeah, but it isn't, of course. Isn't it? No! It was smashed up during the war and they rebuilt it exactly as it was. Did they? Why? I suppose they wanted it to feel the same as it was before the war. After all that, they didn't fancy anything too new. I can see their point. How much have we had to drink? <laughs> a carafe of wine, each. A pastis, each. And, hey, de bière. <laughs> we ought to eat. Yeah, I can't be bothered. No? Shall I read you a poem? No. Soldiers! Soldiers probably sat in this cafe, 
got pissed, then got killed before they get rid of their hangover. Good cure for it. I'd like to be pissed when I die. You probably will be. What of these soldiers were? They used to give them half a pint of scotch before they went over the top. Yes, well, you're not going to stand up to be shot at if you're sober, are you? Once you've had a couple of drinks, though... Yeah, come on over, Fritz. See if you can get one between my eyes. Some of them got so pissed, they passed out before they could get out of the trench. Thereby saving their lives. Temporarily. Why do you like this stuff? It's history. It's the start of our age. Everything that's happened since happened because of this. Everything. Everything? Everything. What about ABBA? In a way, yes. In some sense, the Battle of the Somme was what made ABBA possible. Please, God, ask him not to explain that to me. Didn't they do Waterloo? <laughs> That's all very grand, but I don't see what it has to do with us traipsing around cemeteries, ticking off names of dead soldiers. Why do you think I am interested in it? Because you're a boy. Boys fight them and boys like them. <sighs> Whatever you say your reasons are, somewhere in it all is you dressed in uniform doing something exciting in the mud. Doing male bonding and bayoneting Germans, writing poems and shagging French tarts. Hmm. You're not here with me now, are you? You're here 70 years ago with all your pals with funny names. Herbert and Reginald and Alfred and Sid. You and your love affair with this war. This isn't a holiday, it's you having a mind wank. Do you have to swear so much? Yes, I think I do. Do you think wars are good? Well, they get you out of the house. This is a splendid opportunity to impress the ladies. Oh, I am marvellously handsome. For God, King and country, but also for Enoch Bennett's sister, Emily. Of course, what would really set it off nicely would be a little wound stripe. Well, a normal-sized stripe, but a little wound. A decent little wound. Visible, but not unsightly. Elegant and painless. Oh, oh yes, yes. I was in action at Lecato. Uh, more cake, Emily? Oh yes, Lecato, Neuve Chapelle, Etape la Bapaume. Oh, such romantic words. Cambrai, Bapaume. Oh, let me be sent to France. Not Turkey. I wonder when I shall be sent to the front. The front. I'm going to the front. And what I secretly hope for is a brief period at the front and a long period at the back. Germans are going to try and kill me and the police are not going to arrest them. Oh, no, the sleeves are too long. Look at the sleeves. I look like Maxi London. Furham. That was it. Dick Furham. He was the last person I hit. We were both nine. I used to beat him up every Thursday to establish that I was the best fighter in our class, which, as you can imagine, was quite an important and respected position. The trouble was, the boys in our class were all rather weedy compared to the boys in Miss Gom's class. <laughs> they were brutes. They virtually had beards. I played football with them Thursday evenings and they'd ask, who is the best fighter in your class? And I'd always say, Dick Furham, so I used to beat him up on Fridays. I bet weekends were a relief to him. <laughs> Dick Furham. He was an idiot. That's not an answer. That's what I'm saying. I'm not violent. I abhor violence. It's disgusting, but my dad was in a war. My granddad was. I don't know. I feel like... I'm missing out. I thought you said that war is 99% tedium and 1% frenetic action. 
<laughs> like our sex life. Oh! <laughs> Except without the frenetic action. <laughs> the people who survived it say that everything after becomes mundane. There's a war and everything else is trivial pursuit. And I think, fuck it, that's not fair because I've taken all the drugs. I've been pissed beyond the ken of humankind. I've had sex up a mountain. I've masturbated over Gloria Honeyford. I mean, I've been naughty. But, but throwing bread rolls in a restaurant will never be as exciting as the possibility of having your head blown off. My body has never made that amount of adrenaline. I wonder, I wonder what it's like to be in extremis. I give up on you. If you want danger, why don't you go and do hang gliding off a cliff or, or play Russian roulette? Or go down to a disco and call a bouncer a cunt? Be because I don't have to. I wouldn't choose it, you'd be mad to. What about all the drunken ghosts in here? They chose. All the Dick Furhams. They signed up, they couldn't wait to get shot. They didn't know what they were doing. Do you? They were young. They had no imagination. They couldn't imagine hell. Can you? No, I can't. I know all about hell. I've read the brochure. I just can't imagine it. Come on. You've had a wank over Gloria Honeyford. Lack of imagination. That's what will do for us. Either that or too much. There's an amazing bit in this book. I'll read it to you. On July 17th, Lieutenant J. Anan of the 1st Battalion. The last post at the Menin Gate. Don't you want to nip up and see it? Do you mind? For God's sake, get down! What? Get down! <gasps> What are you? What are you? Uh, are you German? Deutsch? Are you a woman? Fuck mine! You speak English? Fucking hell! What was all that? Who are you? Perhaps you haven't noticed. I'm pointing a gun at your head. I think I'm in a better position than you to ask questions. <laughs> it's not a real gun, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Jim? Yes? Jim Kirk, the quartermaster. It's a film. Uh, is, it, is it a movie? Uh, where are the cameras? Uh, it's TV. Uh, are you the presenter? What language are you speaking? Are you Flemish? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, no, no I, I'm English. <laughs> Please stop this. You are a woman. I don't intend to hurt you. <gasps> you won't, will you? What are these clothes? Are you injured? Uh, no. Are you in a funk? You are a woman. You must be funky. <laughs> what are you doing here? I'm on holiday. <laughs> Maybe I'm funky. I'm sure you are. I don't appear to be in the same place as I was. Nor do I. It's so green. There are no buildings. You and I need to have a conversation. Yes. Do you agree that we are in Belgium? Yes. And we are in the reserve line? No, I, I told you I'm on holiday. You came on holiday to the Western Front. Western Front? When do you think this is? Monday. Yes. June. Yes. The 14th, 1968. I live in London now. 
What part of London? Uh, Streatham. Well, more Brixton, really. Oh, Brixton is not in London. Uh, which road do you live in, Brixton? New Park Road. Oh, I know Brixton. There is not a road called New Park Road in Brixton. Yes, there is. No, oh, I'm sure there isn't. Well, tell that to my postman. He keeps delivering letters there. Listen, New Park Road probably had a different name when you were there. If you are from 1988, you know perhaps about this war? Not much. Uh, you should ask my old man. Oh, he's obsessed by it. I'm not really bothered myself. Oh, don't worry. You win in the end. Well, we win, I suppose. When does it end? November 1918, I think. <laughs> Do chaps still play cricket in 1988? Oh, yeah, cricket. <laughs> chaps still play. I quite like cricket. Good for sunbathing. Sunbathing? I suppose you've got, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, that old cricketer with the big beard. Um, W.C. Field? <laughs> W.G. Grace. W.G. Grace, yes. that's it. Oh, W.G. I saw him play once, just before he retired. Really? Uh, no. No, my father was going to take me, but I felt under the weather. Under the weather? That seems very long ago. It was longer ago for me. W.G. at the Lords. 11 B.T. British Telecom? Before trenches. A joke we have. What is British Telecom? Oh, it's a joke we have. <laughs> Telephones. Y you have them, don't you? Oh, yes, some people. Oh, we all have one in 1988. No one writes letters anymore. And so, who is this postman in New Park Road? He comes by once a day with a big pile of letters from banks and mail order companies. And don't ask me to explain mail order. Take it from me, it's nothing to do with getting men through the post. More's the pity. Once a day? Twice. At home, there are four posts a day. Well, bully for you. Yes, bully for me. Bully beef, bully beef. Sunday wouldn't be Sunday without a bit of bully. <laughs> this is weird. What age are you? 29, and you? 19. You look older. So, I'm not only 10 years younger, I'm also 62 years older than you. Yes. This is queer. <laughs> queer, yes. <laughs> what are we going to find on the other side of those hills? When is it going to be? Uh, 1916, 1988? Maybe it's in the middle. God, I hope not. In the middle, it's 1952. Pedant. Pedant? Oh, I see. I don't like this. I'm scared. I'm frightened. Oh, I'm not. I'm quite content. Wherever I am, I must be better than I was. One instant I was being shelled, possibly about to die. The next I find myself in some sort of peacetime place with a strange and beautiful woman. <laughs> Where is this beautiful woman, then? <laughs> we should go and find out where we are. Oh, yes, I'm tired. Do you want a cigarette? Oh, yes, thank you. What is this? It looks like this cigarette is wearing a skirt. <laughs> That's the filter. What does it do? Well, I don't know. Filters out some of the bad stuff. You probably don't realise this, but cigarettes give you cancer. Cancer? Like a cancer? I suppose so. Anyway, cigarettes can kill you. Cigarettes can kill you? <laughs> Let them. joined up. Oh yes, I joined up. I enlisted. Uh, who is W.C. Fields? Joined up. You joined up, like your hands and your feet have been sewn together. Joined up. <laughs> I wouldn't have joined up. Women can't. Yes, we can. But even if I was a man, I wouldn't. You'd have to. There's a conscription now. I still wouldn't. Then you'd be put in prison. I don't care. Then you'd be shot. Really? I have a friend, Jack, who is in, curiously, Brixton Prison, and well, he's there. just near New Park Road. He's a conchie. 
He expects to be shot any day now. But you chose to go. Yes, it was my duty. Duty. If one has, in general, benefited from the laws of one's country, one is not morally entitled to reject those laws if they suddenly do not suit. Fancy phrase. Bit pat. Did you learn it at school? Are there no wars in your time? Not much at the moment. Iran, Iraq? Iran, Iraq? Hmm, I've never heard of that. <coughs> Iran, Iraq! Oh, my God. Oh. Is that some sort of First World War game? First World War? First World War? First World War? Oh, yes, that's true. I suppose you couldn't call it the First World War until you've had the second. And the third. Not yet. We call it the Great War. I know. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Why not go mad and call it the absolutely brilliant war? World? It's not truthfully the world, is it? Turkey, Africa a little, the Middle East somewhat. Does it become bigger? I, I don't know. I always think of it just being in France and Belgium. So what happens in the Second World War? When does it happen? It starts in 1939. I suppose you don't know Adolf Hitler? Well, he becomes leader of Germany and Germany invades lots of other countries and we end up fighting them. Well, that's the same as this war. Is it? If we win this one, how can we let the Germans start another war so soon? I don't know. It's not my fault, is it? Listen, we must go. Oh, where? In July 1917, Lieutenant J. of the 1st Battalion Royal Scots describes the scene at Minty Farm. Minty Farm was a strong point, an outpost fortified by Germans and bristling with machine guns. But the Gordons had taken it. They took it with the bayonet like wild things and then we got to it. The dead were lying all around. Germans grey against the mud, all mixed up with the dead Gordons lying there in their kilts. Lieutenants Jay and Anne. In the heat of battle, when he must have been more scared, more excited, if you like, than any of us here has ever been, he didn't just think, oh, Jesus, look at all these bodies. He thought, oh, Jesus, look at all these bodies and look how some are grey and some are bright tartan and the grey matches the mud. <laughs> of course, for him, the First World War didn't take place in black and white. Two sentences later, as we were struggling up to the farm, one of the boys got hit with a huge shell fragment. It sliced him in two. He dropped his rifle and bayonet and, and threw his arms up in the air and the top part of his torso fell back onto the ground. The unbelievable thing was that the legs and the kilt went on running just like a chicken with its head chopped off. One of my boys, I think it was his special pal, went rushing after him. He had some mad idea of picking up the upper part of the torso and chasing the legs to join him up. I shouted him back and he was wild with me because he wanted to help his pal. He couldn't realise he was beyond help. <sighs> Absurd. Tragic and funny, isn't it? Really, just a pair of legs in a kilt sprinting through the mud of Belgium and his special pal, surely some euphemism for his gay lover, rushing behind the legs, gripping the torso. It's like some psychopathic Benny Hill sketch, but it isn't because they weren't playing for laughs. It really happened. On July 31st, 1917 at 7.35 in the morning, where is that woman? Where is that bloody woman? Margaret Thatcher. A woman? Yes. You're right to be appalled, but you're appalled for the wrong reason. <laughs> Jasper, let's stop for a while. I'm knackered. We've walked miles. About two, I would estimate. We don't seem to be getting anywhere. How can a woman be a Prime Minister of England? Women are not permitted to vote. Surely never stand for Parliament. They are in 1988, matey boy. I can't really see your problem. What about Queen Victoria or Elizabeth I? First? There's another Elizabeth coming up. 
A woman can be the head of the state, but no woman has the necessary brain to be a politician. Oh, yes, we have. We can vote. We can swear. We can be the fucking prime minister if we want. We can be doctors and road sweepers. We can be lesbians and have abortions. We can make passes at men. We can bring up children on our own. We can fart and sweat. We can do what we want. Or we could if it weren't for people like you. Men who still think like you. There can be no future for a world where women have such rights. Oh, come off it, you pompous git. I'll grant you, you have got a very reasonable excuse for having old-fashioned views, but think about it. Think of the women you know, your mother, your sweetheart, your sister. Are they not, at heart, as good as you? My mother, my sweetheart, my sister. I have none of those. Oh, I had a sweetheart. What happened? She met another chap. You're probably a virgin, aren't you? Oh, how sad. You may die having never had your leg over. Leg over? Oh, I'm hungry. What about you? Of course I'm hungry. Here. It's a Kit Kat. Don't worry. Just eat it. Sally, I'm in love with you. I never realised Kit Kats were so potent. I'm in love with you. Don't be stupid. It's very flattering. You're 19 and I'm the first woman you've seen for three months and the woman you fancied refused to fuck you. Oh, the way you talk. Oh, you swear like... Like a trooper? Are you afraid of me? In the past three months, every moment of every day, I could have been killed just like that. I'm not afraid of a woman, even one who comes from the future. This time tomorrow, I may be dead. Of course I'm afraid of you. What you mean by I love you is that in your world, you have to say that before you can, you know, do the business. I mean, premarital sex is not on in 1914, is it? 1916? There are brothels for us. My pals visit them. I could. I have been tempted, but I want... I want... I want you. I already have a boyfriend. Yes, but he won't object. He hasn't been born yet. It's unimaginable. You wouldn't want me to die a virgin. You may not die. I've heard lots of old blokes talking about the First World War. They survived it. It's unlikely you would have heard from the ones who didn't. Look at you. To me, you're the most exotic creature imaginable. The clothes you are wearing, the cuss words you use, you're shocking. I have been shocked. But you, you bring an entirely new understanding to love. It's fairly shocking for me too, you know. It's not every day you're thrown... Oh, look. Good God, what is that? It's the most beautiful thing. Some new weapons the Huns have got. No, no. I know what it is. It's beautiful. I'm home. It's a pylon. I don't want another pint. You haven't got one. I've got two. All that humping's given me a thirst. Yes. I didn't realise I had so much stuff left at your place. Oh, Jesus, I'm hot. So, how have you been? Shit. How's the firm? Shit. How's the shit? Firm. <laughs> I've missed you. You probably won't believe this, but I've missed you too. When? Sometimes. The only time I don't miss you is when I'm asleep. Because if I'm not too pissed to dream, you turn up sometimes all mixed up with Belgian policemen and passports and pastis. Then I wake up and you and everyone rush off the stage. And then there's a tiny moment, an instant where I seem to be conscious for the first time in my life. And I don't know what sex I am. I don't even know what species I am. An infinitesimally small vacuum where everything is possible. And then it crashes in. You're not there. I miss you. It's Thursday and I've got 
hours to go before I'll sleep again and all those hours will be spent missing you. The only other time I don't miss you is when I'm aiming darts at your photograph. Would you rather I went? Jim? No, no, I'm sorry. Let's play fisties or something. I just haven't talked about it to anyone much. There's only so much maudlin self-pity my friends can take. Then they put their hands in their pockets and pull out the old cliches. It'll wear off. Time is a great healer. Here's a good one. He who loves most is the inferior and must suffer. Better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Yeah, good. Men have died and worms have eaten them, but not for love. There's plenty more fish in the sea. The timeless classic. Plenty more fish. <laughs> yeah, I suppose they're all true. Most people have felt like you at one time or another. That one really pisses me off. I want my suffering to be unique. I want it to be a cliché-resistant, but it's just another bog-ordinary broken heart. Another doomed love affair. Join the queue. Here's a handful of homespun philosophy. Now fuck off. They're bored by it. I was talking to Gary. After five minutes, his eyes glazed over and he started talking about his car and the end of the Iran-Iraq war. Has it ended? Gary says I'm wallowing in it and he's right. I'm aware of all the dangers. A heavy drinking, losing interest in everything, not taking care of yourself. It's hard, but I am deliberately doing all those things. I've got drunk religiously every night since you left and some mornings. I've worn the same pair of socks for a week. It's not easy becoming a derelict, but I'm trying. I'm trying to become as pathetic as possible for you. Sally, for you. You have changed. I don't think I've ever seen you so passionate. Not even about the First World War. What happened in Belgium? What happened? I don't know. I'm not sure. Something extraordinary. Something amazing. What? I can't say it. I can't tell you about well, it. Well, mime it then. One moment we were together and then the next... What happened? You won't believe me. Try me. It's too ridiculous. Tell me anyway. Promise you won't laugh and you won't ask me any questions. Tell me. Promise. I promise. I'm going out with your granddad. I haven't laughed. One. Two. Three. No, no, don't stop. I love to watch a man work out. Four. Oh. Oh. I must say, you've got a lot of energy for a man who was born in the 19th century. <laughs> How were you on your own? Oh, you didn't go out, did you? Oh, no. No, I considered it. Oh, but there was too much to distract me here. Most things look familiar, but they're made from different materials. There's a great deal of... of, oh, what's your of what your disposable razors are made of. Plastic? Plastic. Did you shave? I can't tell. No, I didn't. Why not? Well, I thought I shouldn't. It said on the plastic container, lady shave. <laughs> Stupid. So you spent all day not shaving? Oh, I looked out the window. So many motor cars and all the people. They all seem to be blackies. Don't say blackies, Jasper. Do you shave? We don't say blackies. Oh? They're black people. They're the same as you and me. <laughs> no, they're not. They're black. Yes, but I mean they're human beings. Well, I never suggested otherwise. They're the ones who are brave enough to walk down the road, not me. Black people, blackies, what's the difference? Well, I was just surprised to see so many niggers. Oh, I am going to have to re-educate you, baby. What do you mean? Well, for example, you've obviously never seen a black person. Well, I didn't say that. 
I saw many coloured men in Flanders. My friend Jack, he had a coloured doctor. The mayor of Battersea is a Negro. Really? Now in 1988, I may appear naive, but I'm not stupid. No, you're not stupid. Have you been reading my encyclopedia? Yes. I looked myself up. Did you get a mention? No. There are no Everleys at all. I would have been between the Everglades National Park and Chris Evert, a woman who appears to merit an entry because she's good at tennis. Well, it's quite new, that. Jim gave it to me. I think it must be American. Well, everything else is. What did you do after that? Oh, I managed to ignite the... Television? Television. Extraordinary. How often does it happen? What do you mean? Whenever you turn it on, it happens. It happens every day. And every night. There's always something on. What purpose does it serve? I don't know. To entertain you? To inform you. How did you get one? Everyone's got one. Everyone? Was the mayor of Battersea really black? Look it up. Did you bring any cigarettes? Yes. Here you are. And I bought you a present. Oh, a present? How topping. I hope you like it. I got it cheap on the market. Oh, dear. I think it's too big. It's enormous. Oh, look at the sleeves. Oh, look at the sleeves. Oh, yes. I look like Maxie London. No, he wasn't in the encyclopedia either. Nor was anyone else I know. I thought Jack might have been. Jack? With the black doctor? Was he a friend of yours? Listen, take the top off and I'll alter the sleeves for you. I'll take my shirt off if you take yours off. I'm not wearing a shirt. Not for long, no. There are some things to be said for 1988. And for 1916. <laughs> oh, you're very safe sex indeed. Safe sex? Listen, Jasper. I don't know how long you're going to be with me. And I know you're a long way from home. I'm going to have to be your teacher and your mum. The only time we can be equal is at the point of mutual orgasm. At all other times, you are innocent and hopeless. And that, I'm sorry to say, may be why I love you. That and your very young, very supple body. No, Jasper, no, no, not again. No, Sir Jasper, do not touch me. <laughs> no, Sir Jasper, do not touch me. <laughs> oh, there have been some great wars along the way, but I think the best war there has ever been was the Trojan War. It was such a great war that it's got a plural. The Trojan Wars. Even the Second World War never got an S on the end. The Trojan Wars were so great because of why they started. Paris ran away with Helen. <laughs> that is to say, they started the war because someone nicked someone else's girlfriend. Doesn't seem enough of a reason, does it? Maybe it does. What would we do if Gaddafi abducted Lady Di? One tactic is certain. The British army will never stick a load of SAS man inside an immense wooden horse and then try and smuggle it into Tripoli. They wouldn't, would they? A wooden horse? Leave it out, Homer. Nobody buys that shit. You can see footage of the First World War on TV from time to time. Less often than before, because there are new wars to watch now. Wars in colour. But when you see them all, you notice how poor the quality of the film is, or how quaint the clothes are. Shadows flicker past, and we can't realise they were once human beings. They will. You can't believe it, but I bet they will. In the end, they'll make a sitcom about Auschwitz. And Paris ran away with Helen. And Jasper ran away with Sally. In 1988 in England, or as it is now called Britain, it would seem that everything is bad for you. Smoking is bad for you. Alcohol is bad for you. Milk is bad for you. Sexual intercourse is bad for you. 
Water is bad for you. Meat is bad for you. Running is bad for you. Not running is bad for you. Eggs are bad for you. Cheese is bad for you. Breathing in the street is bad for you. The 20th century is bad for you. It is of no interest to me because I know what is bad for you. Being shot through the head is bad for you. So how many false moustaches do you own? <laughs> Only two. I've got a handlebar and a Hitler. I've told you about Hitler. Oh, yes. Oh, I should think I know more about Adolf Hitler than you. Did you know he's a vegetarian? Uh, was a vegetarian. And he took cocaine? No. He took pills all the time. He couldn't sleep. Well, that's what I read. Must be one of Jim's books. And I've discovered he's in my war too. Who? Jim? Hitler. Oh. He's in France throughout 1917. If only he had been killed, it would have saved you all a great deal of trouble. Although you wouldn't have that absolute figure of evil to match yourself so favorably against. Nor would you have two false moustaches. So pompous. And so young. I bought you a present. A present? Oh, how topping. It's an old photo. Lord, it's Captain Johnson. You know him, really? No, of course not. Well, that's what you wanted, though, isn't it? I'm a soldier from the Great War. He's a soldier from the Great War. We must know each other. Such a small, lost world. We all went to each other's houses for tea. I didn't mean it like that. You know, we're from the same country. Your war hasn't been forgotten. Can you put your shirt on? He'll be here in a minute. Well, why? From what I understand of 1988, it's really quite good form to cavort naked in the home. I don't know. Jim might... Oh, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Why are you so spiky today, anyway? You know how difficult it is for me to meet your people. It's fraught with danger. And this is your old man. The man I snatched you away from. The man whose passport I stole. The man who you left stranded in Belgium. The man who would possibly like to kill me. He couldn't kill a fly. That's what I thought once. Probably like him. You're both hopeless and he's fascinated by your bloody war. What have you told him about me? I told him something stupid. What? I said you were his granddad. I beg your pardon. I didn't want to say something that was well, a complete lie. It is a complete lie. Oh, it might not be. Maybe you go back and have a family and he's your grandson. Maybe I'm your granddad. Perhaps I'm everybody's bloody granddad. Well, it's easier than being everybody's bloody mother. Look, it was just a stupid thing I said. He's bound to have forgotten. It, it won't be here long. He's just coming round to borrow a moustache and then he was off to a party. Jasper, Jim, Jim, Jasper. Sir. <coughs> At ease. So, Grandad, how are you? You're looking very good for someone who's been dead for 73 years. You're pissed, aren't you? No, I'm not. I've had six pints or eight. I'm pissed. I don't want this beer. I'll get you a pint of water and a coffee. Mm. Actually, yes, I do. Do you know she told me once to go to a disco and called a bouncer a cunt? Do you know that? What do you think of that? <laughs> Actually, I like bouncers. They're always so sober and helpful. They're not violent. They deflect you home, Jasper. Jasper. I don't hate you, Jasper. I love you, in fact. I love you. I love everybody when I'm pissed. Have you ever taken amyl nitrate, Jasper? Life's a hoot when you're pissed, Jasper. Do you know, in the First World War, they used to get them pissed before they went over the top. It doesn't hurt so much when you're pissed, Jasper. See if you can get it there, right between my eyes. You're not saying much, Jasper. In fact, you're saying nothing. I have no idea what your voice is like, even. I should think it's high and a bit upper class, is it? Are you what I become? It is! <laughs> I was right! Bravo! Am I what you become? Are you what I was? 
Here you go. Ah, thank God for the timely interruption. If only life could be like that. About your overdraft, Mr Simpson. It's... Oh, I'm sorry, police. We're going to have to clear the bank. There's been a bomb scare. What are you talking about? I'm talking about everything that comes into my head. I am on auto-talk. Why do I always go out with men who talk all the time? Bollocks! Jasper's hardly said a word. And Jasper's my granddad. And your granddad's supposed to be a repository of wisdom. Come on, Jasper. Tell me how I should lead my life. That's what granddads do, isn't it? Come on. Some Edwardian homily so I can cope more easily with the world. What is it that you know that I don't know? Why did she leave me for you? Come on, Jasper. Grandad, we've got something in common. We've shared the 20th century and we've both had our cocks inside her. Why don't you take the false moustache and go? I'm sorry. Do you know, I was looking through my address book the other day. Three of the people in it are dead. Three. <laughs> Vernon, a bloke I knew in college, he died of meningitis. Janice, a woman I made love to once, died in a car crash. My grandmother, she died of being very, 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 very old. Technically, it's two and a half, because my granddad can still be contacted on the same number. Uh, my other granddad, the one who is dead, is actually standing here. How many people in your address book are dead, Jasper? Hey? It's not a bad average. I know maybe 300 people and three of them are dead. I know 297 people, therefore. And then there's John Keats, uh, Wolfgang Mozart, Alexander the Great, Jesus Christ, Minnie Ripperton. Do you know what they all have in common? No, Jim, we don't. They all died younger than I am now. On my 37th birthday, I compiled a list of all the other people who died before the age of 37. At first, I went through the encyclopedia. Then I thought, yes, they've all died young, but they've got their way into the encyclopedia, the bastards. I'm not going to, am I? I doubt I'll even get an obituary. I might manage a paragraph in the Hackney Gazette. Jim Simpson, who lived locally, has died. The end. Wrong to look in the encyclopedia for people to outlive. Soldiers in the war. They're the ones. They've done soddle other than die pointlessly. Thomas Bowlby died aged 24, idiot. Morris Atkinson, 21, you fucking wanker, Morris. I've already beaten you by 16 years. I reckon if I died tonight, which, let's be honest, must be on the cards, I'll get a much bigger turnout at my funeral than if I die when I'm 80, when I'm old. Forgotten, and my friends have all died. Will you go to my funeral? Sally. Please leave, Jim. Please. Sally, I'm HIV positive. No, you're not. I might be. You're pathetic. Oh, what do you know? You know nothing. Here's what I fucking know. <laughs> I know I've got this gun. Fucking hell! <laughs> no, it's not a real gun. I got it with a soldier uniform. It's a theatrical gun. Yes, yes, I'm fine. Sorry, I didn't mean to ignore you. I, I had to talk to Jenny. What is PR? Miranda said she was in PR. Is that bad? <laughs> yes, it is. Pretty bad. I'd like to go. Are you okay? Did she upset you? No. Well, she was a little disconcerting. Disconcerting? It's hard to accustom oneself. I mean, I don't know her, and so much of her body was on display. Mmm, yes. From a flash of ankle to a lingering close-up of the thighs. Oh, it must be hard. Yes, it is. It seems a shame to waste it. Shall we go home? I'm very tired. Well, let's go then. Come on. Do you want to go or not? Oh, what's the matter? You've been very quiet this evening. What's the matter? I telephoned the Imperial War Museum this afternoon. 
I asked about Jasper Everly. <laughs> yeah, 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 bye, Jen. Yeah, bye. Oh, yeah, I'll phone you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? At present, I don't know. They said they'd find out. I have to go there on Monday. Oh, uh, is that a good idea? Do you want to know what happens to you? Of course, I... I don't know. I don't know if I want to. I went to a fortune teller once. What did she say? It doesn't matter what she said. The thing is, I could choose to disregard it if I wanted to. She didn't really know, did she? I mean, you. Yes, it's already happened. Someone will be able to look you up eventually. There's a divinity shapes our ends. Rough hew them how we may. <laughs> Jim used to say that. <laughs> There's a divinity. Jim, I wonder how he is. Perhaps he is, what do you say? HIV positive? Perhaps you are too, therefore. And me. Perhaps I die of AIDS 60 years before anyone else. Perhaps I start the disease. Oh, don't be so flippant. AIDS. I read that 20,000 people died of syphilis in 1920. 20,000? That's a lot. Jim isn't HIV positive. Well, if he is, he doesn't know. He's far too chicken to find out. Chicken? Scared. Funky chicken. Funky chicken. <laughs> oh, don't, Sally, don't. I hate your private jokes. They make me... Sometimes you really get my goat. It's not easy for me either, Jasper. I don't know what I'm doing. What do you think they'll say on Monday? Can't imagine. What would you like them to say? Jasper Everly. Having won the VC, returned home after the war, married Enoch Bennett's sister, Emily, and had three lovely children. Medical science was astounded to discover that Jasper was not susceptible to illness or aging. Indeed, he was declared to be immortal. Two years after Emily died peacefully in her sleep, he met and married a girl, 60 years younger than himself, called Sally Hunt, with whom he lives happily to this day. Oh. Who is Emily Bennett? Missing. Believed killed, July 1916. My name is on the Menning Gate, with all the others. And I have a grave, therefore, because even if they don't know where you are, they give you a tombstone. A whole tombstone. For the Germans, it's four to one. Soldier of the Great War known unto God. A phrase composed by Rudyard Kipling. It translates as, there was such a tiny amount of this person's body left that we couldn't tell who it was. You see, no one can identify a person merely by fondling a morsel of their liver. Not even on You Bet. You Bet? What's that? Television. You aren't there for it. When you're not here, I watch TV all the time. I have two favourite programmes, You Bet and The News. I died in the Great War. Oh, not if you stay here. Missing, believed, killed could just be relocated to the future. Yes. Don't go back to Belgium, Jasper. It's not possible. Nothing is possible, but everything has happened. You don't want to go back, do you? Good God, no. I'd never managed to return without you anyway. I can't do anything without you. I know how foreign it all seems to you. I'd have liked to have seen my father again. I may have had leave before I went missing. Better to stay alive, though. Oh, yes. Yes, anything to stay alive. I shall have to learn your language. Perhaps eventually I shall be neither innocent nor hopeless. No one will... No one will be able to guess my secret. Only you and Jim. Everyone's got a secret. I'll get used to the food. I'll find a job. I can do something, I'm sure. I can be in PR. <laughs> there are thousands, millions of displaced persons. I'll be just like them. We'll sort it out. There are others like me. I'm just a, what is it? An illegal alien, that's all. We'll sort it out. I'm sure we can. We have to. Yes, we must. Maybe I'll write to Jim will fix it. <laughs>
<laughs> I never know what you'll say next. Oh, and then you were always lousy. All of the time. Or oh, some of the chaps, the blokes used to spend hours burning the lice off with dog ends. But there were always reinforcements. We used to say, a louse that's born in the morning is a grandmother by the evening. Oh, we envied those lice, though. All that How was your father? My father? Sex. Sex, yes. Did you think about sex a lot? No. There were brothels for you, though, weren't there? Yes. Did you visit them? Once or twice. Twice. <laughs> War. Isn't it just sex with hate? No. Did they really play football in no man's land on Christmas in 1914? Oh, yes, I believe so. I'm told the Germans won 4-2. They tried it again the following year, but it was prohibited. Chap with the ball got shot by one of his own officers. <laughs> the ultimate red card. People used to get drunk before they went over the top, didn't they? So you said. Did I? Sometimes there was a lot of rum, I think. What was it like? Yeah, going over. I don't know. Did you want to? We had to. How did you cope? Pals, jokes. Yeah, jokes. After a while, you become accustomed to the idea of dying young. Quite soothing. I was surprised you wanted to meet me, you know, after the other time. Yeah, sorry about all that granddad business. I couldn't be your grandfather anyway. You're the wrong class, Jim. Hmm. Jim, will you take me to Belgium? Why? I have to go back to Belgium. You're the only person who can take me. Ugh. I, I've got work. I, I mean... Passport? I have one. Uh, not yours. We'll go together. Or fix it for me. Dear Sally, I have gone as you knew I would. I shall, I shall miss, miss your world. world. All the plastic and the luxury. I shall particularly miss the television, which was a strange babbling friend to me. It talked, but never acquired an answer. I don't know what I can do in the time that remains, but I will try and kill Hitler, I promise. I shall miss you most, of course. Thank you, Sally, for your love and for giving me the most fabulous adventure of my life. Now forget me, slowly. All my love, Jasper Everly. Postscript, embarrassing apologies if I have given you syphilis. Jeffrey Dermer, died aged 21, October 1917. Lieutenant Herbert Richardson, died aged 39, June 1915. Soldier of the Great War, known unto God. <laughs> Soldier of the Great War, known unto God. Maybe that's him. Sally. <laughs> he went over. Had to. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Jay McLeod, Royal Scots, died aged 28, September 17th, 1916. Jeremy Bennett, Royal Sussex, died November 4th, 1917. Bennett? <laughs> that, that was my grandmother's maiden name. Bennett? What was her first name? Um. Oh, what was it? Uh, it began with an E. Uh, Elizabeth. No, no, shorter. Three syllables. Emily. Emily Bennett? Emily. That was it. Emily Bennett. No. No. Eileen. That's it. 
Eileen Bennett. Eileen is two syllables. <laughs> Pedant. Those long, uneven lines standing as patiently as if they were stretched outside the Oval or Villa Park. The crowns of hats. The sun on moustached, archaic faces grinning as if it were all an August bank holiday lark. Never such innocence. Soldier of the Great War. Never before or since. Known unto God. Has changed itself to pass without Maybe a that's word. him. The little shit. The men leaving the gardens tidy. The thousands of marriages lasting a little while longer. Never such innocence again. You have been listening to Trench Kiss by Arthur Smith. Morag Sims, David Beck and Jackie Fong on the keys. Your sound team were Malcolm Thorpe and Gareth Brown, produced by Marielle Renneker-Temple, Emily Best and George Maddox, with special thanks to Arthur Smith himself, and directed by David Beck. Please visit wirelesstheatre.co.uk to download this and hundreds of other award-winning radio plays. Thank you.